What do we need? The Bible tells us that our God will supply all of our needs according to the riches and glory, but what do we need? What do you need this morning? I'll try to get them all out. Okay, now I'm on. I got thumbs up. Okay. Uh, the norm is, is uh, boy, we've been having some long services. And, uh, you know, we haven't been able to get out until around 12.30. I'm going to try to make it by one. Okay, if we can meet that. But uh, what, 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 what do we need this morning? What do you need this morning? And uh, I've got some things here. The book of Proverbs, chapter number 14. We'll turn there. And we may be going through an awful lot of scripture this morning. I have it all written down, but we may be turning to uh, quite a few of them. But if we'll turn to Proverbs chapter number 14, and that's going to be uh, the, the kickoff for today. Very simple verse. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is reproach to any people. Read it with me again. Matter of fact, read it out loud with me. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Heavenly Father, once again we come to you and we thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. And Lord, we ask now that we focus on your word for a few moments. And may we understand that righteousness does exalt a nation, but sin is a reproach to all people. And Lord, just do a work in our hearts this morning. Help me, Heavenly Father, to be a blessing. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Guide my thoughts. Guide my words. Help me be a blessing. Use me this morning. And we'll give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And before we do anything else, turn off your ringers. Take off your messengers. Take your ringers off. Because for the next half hour or hour, the most important thing for you and me is what's in the Word of God. So we'll, we'll, we'll turn that off. Another passage of Scripture is in Psalm 11, 7. You need not turn to it. It says, For for the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. And in Psalm 33, 5, it says, He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. You know how true that is. You know, with all the things that are going on, with everything that is around us, God is still good. He's, very, he's always good. Okay? He's always good. And He's very good. And we fail to see that. So what do we need? What do we need this morning? What do I need this morning? What do you need this morning? Well, one thing that we need is memory. Okay? Memory. Uh, I work with computers. And a lot of times uh, people will say, my computer's running slow. And I have to tell them, well, your computer's running slow because it doesn't have enough memory. 
And uh, so you, if you boosted your memory up a little bit, your computer would run a little bit faster. And so we try to go and we boost the memory up and the computers run a little bit faster. Uh, but uh, we need memory. Um, uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, memory. Uh, I don't know how many, uh, now some of you, some of you younger folks, you don't have as much as problem as some of us older folks. Sometimes we'll, <laughs> we'll forget what, what we went into a room to get. Um, you know, or, or, the other day I forgot something, I was looking for something, I was looking all over for my phone. And I don't normally do that. I'm, you know, the form, I usually have a little pocket over here, and I, look at, and I look at all over the place for my phone. I could not find my phone. And I had to sit down and I says, okay, uh, think, 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 think. Where did you leave that? Where did you leave that? And, I, and, I, and so I had to go through everything that I had done that day. And then finally it hit me. Oh, okay, I know I left the phone in the cup holder of my car. So I had to go out in my car and get my phone. But we need to remember some things. We forget things. And sometimes we forget things on purpose. Now, men... Be honest, how many of you have forgotten something that your wife told you to do, but you forgot it, but you forgot it on purpose? Raise your hand. I'm going to preach on lying. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, forget, forgetfulness. What are some of the things that we need to remember? And this is very important because I need this, and you need this too, and this country needs this, this church needs this. We need to remember some things. One thing that we need to remember is God's, God's heritage. Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 13 says this, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. We need to remember that God is in control in this country and that God is the one that gives us the necessities of life, that God is the one that gives us life itself, that God is the one that gives us our salvation, that God is our supplier. He's the one. And we forget that. We want to do everything ourselves and we want, to, we want to figure out everything ourselves and we want to do everything ourselves. And when troubles and problems come, we try to find the solutions ourselves. We don't remember that God's the one that's in control. And we need to go back to Him and remember He's the one that has given us this land. Okay? He's the one that has given us this church. He's the one that has given us the, the necessities of life. And it's not us. It's Him. So we need to remember that. We, we, we also need to remember something too, that although He is good and although He is the giver of life, we need to remember God's wrath. Listen to what this says in Romans 1.18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. John 3.36 says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. First, First Thessalonians 3.9 says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And what we need to remember is that God is wrathful against wickedness and sinfulness. And we forget that. We forget the fact that, you know, we can go uh, go out and, 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 and we can do things 
in our lives. We can think things. We can see things. We can do things. We can say things that are totally contrary to the Word of God. And we think we can get away with it. But we can't. Be sure your sins will find you out. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that there's a payday someday. And if we don't make a short list of sin, if we don't keep a, a, a clean record before God, those sins are going to come back to bite us in the end. We need to remember that. That God takes care of, of, of wickedness and, and sinfulness. We also need to remember that God is good. He is good. Things may not always go the way we plan. Um, I didn't plan on getting sick, but I did. And I'm sure a pastor didn't plan on having to bypass surgery, but it happened. And I'm sure there's others. Uh, Kathy, I'm sure that didn't plan on her husband to get sick. Some of you, you know, the same thing, have illnesses. We don't plan on those things. We don't sit down and say, hey, yeah, let's, this, this year, let's see how many sicknesses we can come up with. How many times we can go down to Kaiser. You know, how much medications we get. How many shots we get. We don't plan on things like that. They just happen. Accidents happen. We don't plan on failures, uh, in the economy, uh, losing a job. Well, I think this week, this year I'm gonna lose my job. I'm gonna go broke. We don't plan on those things, but they happen. Amen? They happen. But God is good. He's always good. In Exodus, the 34th chapter, verse number 6, it says this, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. He's an abundant God. And when you stop to think about it, He's been good to you. Amen? He's been good to you. He's brought you through whatever trial or tribulation so far this year that you've had to go through. He's brought you through it because you're here. And He's good. He takes care of us. He supplies all of our needs according to His riches and glory. Now we get the idea that, you know, I need a, I need a, you know, I need a brand new Cadillac. You know, I need a brand new house. I need a brand new this and I need a brand new that. No, we don't necessarily need those things, but He does give us the things that we need. And sometimes we need to be chastised. And sometimes we need to go without. And sometimes we need to have the trials and the, and, and the trouble that, that comes our way. Why? So that we can learn that God takes care of us and that God is good. Job is a good example of that. When we read the story of Job, it's a long book. But when you read the story of Job, Job was one of the richest men in the East. He had cattle galore, and uh, he, God had blessed him in a mighty way. He had uh, seven sons and three daughters, and uh, uh, he was a man. The Bible says, uh, God said that he uh, feared him and eschewed evil. In other words, he hated evil, but he and he feared God. And the devil came along and said, "Oh yeah, uh huh, yeah." Yeah, well, that's because you put a hedge around him, but uh, take that hedge away from him and you'll see he'll curse you. And God told Satan, he says, well, listen, go ahead, do, do your best. You just can't touch him. And so in one day, he lost all of his goods 
his wealth was all taken in one day. It was wiped away. His servants were gone. The servant went out, and the only one came back, and he says, you know, this happened, and I'm the only one that survived. And then right when that servant was over with, another one came in. He says, well, you know, this group came in and took all their camels and everything away, and they're all gone, and all the servants are gone, and I'm the only one that left alive. And when he's all finished with that, the next one comes in, and he says, oh, yeah, by the way, your ten sons and your three daughters, they were they were over at one of the kids' house, and they were having a, a, a fellowship, and something came along and, and took the house away and went down and smashed them all, and all the kids are dead. All in one day. And his loving, supporting wife came up to him and said, Hun, why don't you just curse God and die? Rather than helping him out. And he sat there. But you know what Job said? Job said, God gives, God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job said, I'll someday I'll still praise him. He had, he had friends that came. They came to see and to, to comfort Job. And they sat down. Uh, and by the way, uh, the devil came again and, and uh, all of his health was taken away from him on this one. He said, you can't kill him, but yeah, you can take your health away from him. So he's sitting down, scraping the boils off of him. He's in bad shape. He's lost his family. He's lost his wealth. He's lost his, his servants. Uh, his wife isn't any support, any help. And now his three friends come along and they, they sit down and, and instead of encouraging him and telling him, well, God is good, uh, they sit there and just look at him for seven days. Don't say a word to him for seven days. And then when they do talk to him, they say, Lord, I tell you, Job, you must have really sinned for this to happen to you. You must be a wicked, wicked man. Huh. But you know something? In all of that, and read the story. Read it. Read it for yourself. In all the story, Job still said God was good. He still said God is good. God is gracious. Psalm 27, 13 says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 31, 19 says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. And Psalm 33, 5 says, He loveth righteousness and judgment. The whole earth is full of God's goodness. Uh, Psalm 107, verses number 8 9, he says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Oh, listen to me. If you've got a hungry soul, God is good. He'll fill that soul up. He'll give us what we need. And we need that spiritual blessings. God is good. God is good. In Psalm 145, 7, it says, They shall abundantly utter the memory of, the, of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. And Romans 2, 4 says, Oh, uh, or despise thou the riches of his goodness and the forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And finally, in Psalm 34, 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. God is good, and we need to remember that. 
things come along and things don't go right and we look at our, you know, we look at everything that's going on and we go, oh, poor us, poor us. We don't stop to remember that God is good. And everything that he has, He has good for us to teach us, to strengthen us, to give us more faith, give us more trust, knowing that He can take care of any situation that comes along. So we need that. So not only do we need to to do that, we need to remember God's commandments. God's commandments. Now praise God, we're not under the commandments, but the commandments are still in force. When I say that, I mean we're no longer judged by whether or not you know the command commandments that are in the Old Testament. We're judged by whether or not we trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But the commandments are still there. God didn't rescind them, um, and so uh, God's commandments in uh, Numbers fifteen thirty nine it says, and it shall be unto thee for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, but after which ye use to go uh, a, a whoring after. He says, I want you to remember the commandments of God. In other words, he was talking about some of the garments that they wore and there was a fringe on some of them was, that they had. And he says, I want you to have that fringe on there to remind you, to, to, to remind you about the commandments of God. And that you'll keep those commandments and you won't go after your own heart and after your own eyes and the things that you've gone uh, uh, running after that. And, and so often we forget God's commandments. There are some things that as believers we should not do. Okay? There's just things that we should not do and should not be in our lives. And yes, we're saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. But there's some things... Uh, that God tells us to do that we should do and some things that God tells us not to do that we shouldn't do. And we need to remember those things. Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law does he meditate day and night. Joshua 1 tells it says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whether thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, of course, that's, that's Old Testament. You're saying everything that was in the laws of Moses, they needed to remember. There's some things that, that uh, we're no longer bound by. But we need to remember that God tells us that He wants us to be holy. And we need to think about those things. We need to think about what the Bible has to say. And it needs to be a regular thing. It shouldn't be just on Sunday morning. But uh, Monday morning when we get up, we need to think about the things of God. Part of our prayer on Monday morning ought to be, God, help me to walk a life that's pleasing in Your sight. Help me to do the things that are right. Keep me from doing things that are wrong. On Tuesday, when we get up in the morning, we need to say, God, thank you for the day that you've given us. Help me to do what's right today. Help me to think right. Help me to act right. Help me to talk right. Help me to dress right. Help me to be all that you want me to be and all that you've told me to be. And on Wednesday, when we get up, we ought to say, praise God, you brought me halfway through the week, Lord. Uh, help me today. 
to think on the things of you and to put my values on, on godly things, on things that will last forever instead of the things that last on this earth. Help me to do everything that I do for you. And on Thursday when we get up, we should say, well, praise God, another, another Thursday has come by. God, this is a wonderful day. Help me to say the right things to the right people. Guide me in my thoughts. Guide me in my work. Guide me, guide my hands. Uh, Lord, help me to be, uh, help me to have a righteous, uh, life. Help me to trust you, Heavenly Father, like I should too. And then when Friday comes around, you'll say, well, it's the end of the week. Praise God. I made it all through the week. I can go out and do, do whatever I want to. No, God, help me today to do that which is holy, that which is right that which blesses you. And Saturday rolls around and we get up and a little bit later than normal. We don't you know, have our thing. We have kind of a rest of the day. But we say, oh Lord, thank you. Such a beautiful day. Help me to be all I should be for you. Help me to give you glory and honor and praise for everything I say and do and act. And then Sunday comes along and you say, well, praise God, we got it to Sunday. Lord, help me to get up on time and get dressed so that I can be down in the house of God and worship you with all the uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and sing praises to your name and give my tithes and offerings and open up the word and let it speak to me and let it change my life and change my heart because I want you to be all that you want to be in my life. That's what we need to remember. And sometimes we forget those things. We go out on Sunday, he says, well, that was a pretty good sermon. Pastor got finished. By the way, I, I can't even see that clock up there. It's so small, so I don't know what time it is. Uh, <clears throat> maybe we have to get a digital one saying, okay. You know. But um, uh, so often, you know, we go and we don't even remember what the sermon was about. Well, we got through that one. We made it through. We, we, we endured. But no. We should, we should be rejoicing that at this time that we even have the privilege of meeting together. You know, there are some Christians this day do not have the privilege of meeting together. They have to do it in private. They have to do it secretly. They have to do it underground. But we still have that privilege. We ought to thank God for that. We ought to thank God that we can meet together and we can sing praises. And I see some folks when we're trying to sing songs in your church. You ought to praise God that you can sing. Well, I can't carry a note in a bucket. Yeah, you can. Rather have you make a joyful noise into the Lord than not make any joy, no, any, anything at all. We, I went to school with a, a man. Matter of fact, he was, he was in our wedding. He was, he was one of my friends there. Could not hit the right note. Mike, if he had an entire song, if he hit one note right, that would have been an accomplishment for him. And I mean, and the thing of it is, is he sang by letter. He opened up his mouth and let her fly. And he just enjoyed singing for God. And he just would sing and he joined the choir. Now, one of the qualifications for the choir is, you, you know, normally the person can sing. Well, he joined the choir. And I mean, he's had one sour note after another. But instead of kicking him out of the choir, the choir director came and says, okay, he got the tenors and the bass together and says, look, he makes a joyful noise for God and loves the Lord. And that's part of his joy. That's part of his, that's part of his worship. And we're not going to take that away from him. So you guys out singing. And so we did. We out sang him. We made sure that our voices 
came up and swelled up to the point that we drowned his tone-deaf tones out. But we need to rejoice in what God has done. Those are some of the things that we need to remember. But there's some other things that we need. We need to repent. We need to repent. In the book of the Revelation, and we're studying the book of the Revelation in the adult uh, Bible class, Bible hour, 10 o'clock. We just finished the 13th chapter of the book of the Revelation. If you want to know what's going to be happening in the near future, come on out at 10 o'clock. And uh, even though you're, you've missed 13 chapters, you can still find out some of the things that are going to take place. But uh, in, the, in the second chapter, the book of the Revelation is talking to some of the churches. And, and, and uh, uh, it's talking to the very first church. Um, and it says this, uh, Nevertheless, I have someone against thee. Now, this church was... Uh, was prosperous. It was doing all sorts of things, and it was you know things. They were doing things. He says, "I've I got someone someone against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except ye repent." They were functioning, they were a functioning church, but they had lost their first love. They had lost their love for God, for the Lord Jesus Christ. They had lost their love for souls. They went through the motions. And he warns them. He says, You need to repent and get back to that first love where God is number one, that God is number uh, number one in your life. And if you don't do that, I'm going to come and take your candlestick out. Now the candlestick was a was a picture of, of light. He says, I'm going to take your light out, out of the way if you don't get right and get your heart back to where it belongs. Now that church was somewhere in what was called Asia Minor. And it was actually, when you look at a map, that church was in what's known today as Turkey. And that church does not exist anymore. Now, we don't know everything about that church other than the fact that it's non-existence. So apparently, they lost their, or left their love and never got it back. And God took their light away. And there's no light there anymore. Turkey is 97% Muslim. As a matter of fact, several churches there were told to repent and change their ways or they would be removed, and they've been removed. As a church, as a church, we need to repent when we get cold. Another church was told, in the last one in the seventh church, he says, okay, you've got all these different good things in here, but he says, you're, you're neither hot nor cold, you're just lukewarm. You think that you've got riches. You think you've got some good things, but you have nothing. You have nothing. I would rather you be hot or cold. But since you're neither one, I'm going to spew you out of your out of my mouth because you're neither hot nor cold. And as a body, okay, you are the church. I am the church. It's not this building. It's not this. It's not this. It's not these chairs down here. Hope I can get back up there. Uh, it's not these chairs down here. 
It's not the doors or the windows or anything like that. That's not the church. We are the church. And if we grow cold to where we don't love the Lord to the point that you know we want to give it all to the Lord and, 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 and be what He wants us to be, if we grow cold, God will take this church out of the picture. If we don't keep things right with God in our personal lives, this candlestick will be put out. And it's everyone's responsibility. I can't point the finger to you without pointing it to me. And I can't point it to me without pointing it to you. Because it's all on us. We are the church. And if we don't learn to repent when we start growing the wrong direction, our candlestick will be removed. He tells us to repent. What is repentance? Repentance is I'm going in this direction and it's the wrong direction. I need to get it right and go back in this direction. Sometimes we let things in our lives creep in. We, we have a propensity to sin. Every one of us. We're born with it. You were born when you a little baby is born with it. Our I share with this one because it was such a it, it was such a kick. Our little girl, just just a few days old, and she had already learned in just a few days that if she had a soiled diaper, we'd get her up and she would cry. We'd get her up, and change her diaper, or if her tummy needed to have some food in it, we'd get her up and she'd cry, and we'd get her up and we'd feed her. Well. One day she's in there and she's, wah, wah. Cheryl comes in and says, look at this, look at this. Wah. She had a dry diaper. She had just been fed. She had been. There wasn't anything there, just wah. And then we're standing there, look at that. She's already learned to lie. She's only a couple of days old and she's already lying. She's already deceiving. Isn't that something? And then, of course, all of a sudden, she said, <laughs> and of course, we 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 caved, as every good parent would. We caved in, picked her up, and you know, and said it's okay and everything. But uh, uh, we're born. We have a propensity to sin, and sometimes we allow those sins to keep festering in our hearts and in our lives, and 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 we let the outward look like it's okay when the inside is still going in the wrong direction. There's sin in our life and we haven't gotten rid of it. We haven't repented. We haven't asked God to forgive us and cleanse us. And that's what we need. We need to remember and we need to repent of those things. One of the things when we have the, the two-minute warning, one of the things that we pray for in the men, and by the way, that's uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock, one of the things that we pray is that men when they hear the word of God preached, the Holy Spirit hearts and they'll repent of any sin that may be hidden in their heart and they will go to God and ask Him through the Holy Spirit to cleanse their lives so they'll be a clean vessel so that God can use that clean vessel. And repentance is important. Repentance is important. Turn with me, please, to the book of Nehemiah. Now, Pastor was uh, talking about Ezra. And 
Now, it's in there somewhere. I'll find it. Um, Pastor was talking about Ezra. Ezra and Nehemiah kind of go together. As a matter of fact, Ezra was a scribe, and he went back to to uh, uh, to the children of Israel that went back in the land after the captivity. Um, Ezra was the scribe, and he went back to try to take care of the spiritual aspect of the people. Nehemiah went back to take care of the physical aspect of the people. I want you to see in chapter number one of the book of Nehemiah, this attitude towards repentance and prayer. It says, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive unto thy, to thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commanded thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commands thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out into the uttermost parts of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and bring them into the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for I was the king's cupbearer. You notice how he, how he heard the, that the place was in destruction. It says that he sat down and he wept and he mourned and he fasted for so long. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you wept over sin? Your sins and the sins of your country. When was the last time you mourned for your sins and the sins of your country? When was the last time you fasted for your sins and the sins of your country? When was the last time you went to God and just was honest with God and said, I have sinned? 
and my forefathers of my country have sinned. We have sinned as a nation. When was the last time? And I say, and I'm part of this too, because it falls upon me too. It hasn't been very often. But Nehemiah recognized what had happened. They had gone and had forgotten the commandments of God. They had forgotten righteousness. He put himself in the category too. And he prayed to God and he says, Oh God, forgive us. Forgive me. Because he put himself in there. Forgive me. Forgive our people. Well, folks, our country has sinned in a mighty way. We've turned our backs on God. Okay? We now hold up unrighteousness as being good and righteousness as being bad. We've killed millions and millions of babies. And this state alone has already made it to where all the way up to the very birth of a child, they can abort it. And even several uh, 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 weeks after the baby is born, they can go and murder that baby. And they're making law to do that and saying, it's okay. That's what our nation has done. They upheld uh, unrighteousness. They've upheld wickedness. They let the, the wicked go free and, and prosecute those that are trying to do what's right. That's what our country is. When was the last time we got on our knees and we prayed to God and said, God, our country is wicked. We need revival. Forgive us. And made us our part. Because what is our part? Our part is doing what God tells us to do so that we can be light and salt. That's our part. So we're, we're to blame. Because we haven't stood, stand, stand it up and say, hey, this is wrong. Churches and Christians all across America have kept silent and said these things, instead of standing up and said, no, we won't have this. This is wrong. So it's partially our fault. Luke 13, 3 says, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. We need to have repentance. What else do we need? Well, we need righteousness. We need to seek it. Psalm 5.8 says, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. Proverbs 15.9 says, The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he that loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Proverbs 16.8 says this, Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Proverbs 16.12 says this, It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. So when he who is on the throne or the leader does wrong, it's an abomination in the eyes of God. And we need to call him on it. Proverbs 21.21 says this, He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness and honor. Isaiah 32.17 says, The work of the righteous shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Matthew 5.6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Wow. That's God. Well, the last thing is we need to plead for revival in our country. Okay? Psalm 85.6 says, Wilt thou not receive us again, that thy people may receive uh, or rejoice in thee? Isaiah 57.15 says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I will dwell in the high and holy place with him also that of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart and contrite ones. Habakkuk says in 3, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years and in the midst of the years make known and wrath remember mercy. Psalm 51.17 says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Isaiah 66.2 says, For all those things have mine handmade, and all these things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. It's all talking about revival. And folks, we need revival. I need revival personally, and so do you. And this church needs revival. And this city needs revival. And this country needs revival. And it's only going to come when God's people get right with God, get cleansed with God, and seek His face. There's one other passage of Scripture, and then we'll close. Okay. And this is a familiar one, but you ought to learn it. It's Second Chronicles 7.14. And it says this, If my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will hear their land. If my people, that's you and me. Okay? Okay, we're God's people. We're called by His name. We're called Christians. If my people will humble themselves, that means recognize we have sin in our lives and we're humble before God, recognizing that He's all-powerful, that He's in control. If my people will humble themselves, that means to bend the knee, bring into submission. We don't like that. We don't like anybody to tell us what to do. I don't like it. I don't like it when my wife tells me what to do. I don't like it when anybody else tells me what to do. I just, I bristle up. Okay? But to humble ourselves means we bend the knee. We bring ourselves into subjection. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, that makes supplications, and seek my face, that means to search out by any method, specifically in worship or in prayer, and turn from their wicked ways, that means to repent, to change directions, to come back home, 
Then I will hear, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. I would say that even though this was written back in the Old Testament, in Second Chronicles, that it applies today. If my people, God's people, us, if we will humble ourselves before God, and if we'll pray and make supplication and seek His face and ask for forgiveness of our sins, turn from our sins and turn from our wickedness, change direction, and pray for our country for the same thing and pray for our country, then God will hear, forgive us of our sins, forgive us of our sins as a nation, and will heal our land. But it starts with me. And it starts with you. That's where it starts. Are you willing to seek God's face? Are you willing to humble yourself and to pray and to seek God's face and His righteousness and turn and confess whatever may be in your heart and ask God to do a work in your life? 